All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell on a Monday, the day after NBA free agency finally hits us. Yesterday at 6 p.m., it was a whirlwind. We are going to get you all caught up on all the moves uh, up to the latest ones. Um, a little bit of uh, what else we got in the show? I do want to hit on the 40 yards of gold. Yes. I think that was a debacle. I don't want to get into that. But there is a little bit of a cloud hanging over the office today because... There was, you weren't aware of this. I'm a little bit upset I wasn't asked to play because uh-huh. the outcome would have been different. There was a media basketball tournament Word? down at the AAA. Me and you could have played on the team. Like at the AAA arena where the Heat play. They had a, a, a media versus media. So you had the CBS Sports HQ crew playing against like the Miami CBS, uh, the, you know, Miami, uh, uh, 790 the ticket against the uh, WAFG, the television station against all these other Channels, outlets had teams put together. Did we not? We didn't win. We went 0 for 2 in a barbecue. Yep. Got to double elimination, bounced. That's what I don't games. feel sorry for. Our team. A- at all. Debo, Mikey, didn't what? even get an offer to play. Bro, I wouldn't even sniff or it was, they had to have been keeping it a secret because exactly. I didn't even hear about it. Exactly. How messed up is that? Yeah, that's a little, hey, good for you guys, bro. Yeah, way, way to represent. To and apparently they lost by one. On both oh, games. Man. I could have at least thrown in some threes. You gotta, you're gonna have to tell me that there was a rule. Each company decided they weren't going to let former pros play for my feelings not to be hurt. Otherwise, too. I'm my, be, my feelings are genuinely hurt. Mine are too. Uh, maybe we'll have those guys come and break it down later in the show. Maybe not. All right. Uh, so let's get to free agency because it kicks off last night at six and it did not take long at all for the fireworks to start. It even started leaking out uh, a couple hours before, but the biggest splash of the day was made by the Brooklyn Nets. They land Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And DeAndre Jordans. They've got formed a little mini big three of sorts eh. getting together. I think it's, it's, a, it is a little bit of a, eh, for a couple reasons. One, Kevin Durant isn't going to be there for a year. Knows. And who knows what he's going to be like when he does come back. Kyrie Irving, he's obviously the best player in this deal. And then you got DeAndre Jordan, who was the cheapest player in this deal, but he is a big, so he is going to bring a presence there. Yeah. But your reaction to the Nets moves. Um, I thought it was fantastic for Brooklyn, um, f- for, um, my man, um, Sean, um, what's Sean's last name? Uh, I played with him. Mark. Mark. Yeah, sorry. Um, th- th- what they've done in Brooklyn, uh, being kind of, being left holding a bag, so to speak, uh, Brooklyn had gotten fleeced by Boston. There were really no moves they could make. They were hamstrung with no picks. Like the, the future, you couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel if you were a Brooklyn fan. And then here comes Sean Marks and company. And in a few years, they've got this thing turned around. Um, and you beat your big brother, so to speak, uh, in the Knicks uh, out for the two most coveted or two of the top five most coveted free agents in this class. Um, I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was great for Brooklyn. Um, you know, a lot has to play itself out. I, you know what else I thought? I, I, most teams to get a, a Kyrie, a a a um, Kevin Durant, and a DeAndre Jordan have to basically empty their cupboards to get them. They didn't. They figured out a way to do it. I mean, yeah, you you lose D'Angelo, but you know D'Angelo and Kyrie weren't really going to be able to play together. You still keep you know the Karis Leverts, the Spencer Dinwiddies, the um the Joe Harris's, uh the big kid I forget his name, uh, real active with the Afro like you, Jared Allen. You 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 keep a lot of the pieces that you would need once you get Kevin Durant, Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan to be viable. So like they did it I just thought they did a great job all the way around. Uh one of the favorite tweets you mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie, uh he went out and took to the trolls out there yeah. and had a great tweet. Everybody who said I shouldn't sign the extension 
uh, bleepity 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 bleep out of my mentions. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Word. Okay. Yeah, he went straight after the haters. Right. Uh, Twitter was a buzz yesterday. NBA Twitter is a very real thing. It was thoroughly entertaining yesterday to people all over the place, uh, trolling different teams. Personality wise, is that, does that concern you at all with this Nets team? Cause like whenever you see superstars gathered together, there's always a question mark for me of, yeah, these guys are friends when they meet up at the All-Star break, when they're on vacation, when they're playing USA Basketball. But it's a different thing when you're on the same team sharing the same basketball for year-to-year statistics, stuff that matters legacy-wise. Do you think there's any potential issue here, or do you think it'll be— Between the three that— the... Yeah. I mean, DeAndre Jordan, obviously, I don't think he'll be a big right. deal, right? He doesn't need the ball. No. He's going to play off of what the other guys do. He's a defensive presence. I think that's fine. Uh, I think actually Kyrie and Kevin Durant have games that kind of can coexist together. Um, neither one of them, well, Kyrie needs the ball, but he's also been a complimentary player when you had LeBron. Right. Um, Kevin Durant has played in situations where, you know, he's, he's, he's played with, with Steph Curry who can have a usage rate sometimes that's high and, and he's figured out how to turn it off and on. So he can be very efficient as a scorer, kind of catch and shoot one dribble pull ups. He doesn't always have to play high volume. So, I think their skill sets are actually pretty good. I think they'll work together. The question is always like from Brooklyn when you roll the dice, and you did roll the dice. I yeah. mean, I, it's a, it's a it's a risk that I would have taken too. Um, what's he look like when he comes back, and is he good enough with with Kyrie to to get you to a to a championship? Because that's what it's all about. When you start accruing this type of talent, expectations change. Um, and now you're not judged by being this good story of young guys that's out there, you know, getting into the A spot or or seven spot. You have to win a championship. So you mentioned rolling the dice. Apparently, and the reason I say apparently is I don't know if I fully believe this, is that was one of the reasons the Knicks weren't able to land Kevin Durant is because, according to Ramona Shelburne, the Knicks and owner Jim Dolan were not prepared to offer Kevin Durant a full max contract due to concerns over his recovery from the Achilles injury. Uh, that's what sources told her in Woj. I don't know if I believe this. I think this is a whole lot of CYA. Yeah. They're covering their own backside because they look foolish. They're getting mocked by the league. And so their one saving grace is to say, well, we didn't really want, we weren't going to offer him the max. Yeah. So that's like, that's their excuse to me is what they're saying, even though he didn't sign for the max when he went to Brooklyn. Right. Got him a little bit cheaper. Yeah. I don't know. This is an interesting one because the reports, I mean, Ramona and Aid, uh, Woj were saying that the deal was done. Like they didn't even get a chance to really get in the, the room with him. Right. Right. Like, so, you know, it, it, and Dave, do you think the we here's here's what this is my bad. No, go ahead. ask me the question in a second. What what this says to me is like genera- generationally, we've moved on from the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. It's you know, I still revere it as like one of the coolest places to play basketball. And I, I've said on air a few times, I wish I would have had the opportunity to play there. As a as like as a city to visit, as a destination to kind of live and vacation, I think guys really dig it. But in terms of it being this place where guys have to go to work there now, and the mech, like the garden specifically, it doesn't hold the same allure to some of these guys as it did to some of us when we were playing. It's just it's moved on. They're looking for they're looking for environments, work environments. Do you know what I mean? They're looking for family atmospheres. They're looking for um, um, you know great ownership and and great leadership in front offices. Those are the things that this generation and good for them because that's you know business wise ultimately that's what it's about. You know, our generation wasn't as astute, you know, in some of these areas as these guys are. They're not, they're not just captivated by New York and, and playing at Madison Square Garden. It does seem like there's a shift and clearly guys aren't revering the Knicks anymore. In fact, more people are mocking the Knicks. I wonder if it has to do with the, the poor ownership. 
with Dolan, if that's what's scaring people off, if it's the the lack of an allure from the Knicks anymore because that brand is so far removed from relevance, I just I look and it's probably a combination of all of them. They're probably you know people. I mean, I'm sure agents are talking to Dolan like, wait a second, do I really want my client to go here sure. where there's a lack of a plan, where it's what? been a disaster and there's nothing there? That's the that's the word. There's no plan in New York. There hasn't been one for. If there is one now, you would have to. If you're Steve Mills and I gave you a shout out the other day, you would have to convince me of how your backup plan includes. Three of the same player, essentially, in Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gibson. Right. Like, they're all, you know, one's better than the other and so on and so forth. But basically, the same type of player, you gave all that money to three of them. Yeah, they're relatively short-term deals. But why couldn't you spread that out on different positions? Like, and, 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 uh, and, and Reggie Bullock. Like, that, that's not, that's your plan B for missing out on all these free agents. James Dolan, he promised your fan base two max guys, and this is, this is your plan B. Again, they don't seem to have, a real plan, and then you're going after they Quinn did Cook. when they moved Kristaps, and looked like the plan was all in for Kevin Durant. That's not a plan. <laughs> I know, but that, that was that, their that, plan. I mean, that, if that's your you know? if that's your plan, then that speaks to why people don't want to go to the Knicks, right? Like you don't have a a a, a, ver- a verified like plan B that can get you, you know, from point A to point B over the next few years. You're just gonna go out and throw a bunch of cash at the same player if you don't <laughs> if you strike out, right? It does. So I'd be curious to know because it does feel like I mean, there's in sports there is kind of the little. Uh, the redheaded stepchild. Cause if you have the New York Giants, you have the New York Jets, or kind of their little brother. You have the Yankees, and then you have the Mets across town. Right. Uh, you have the Clippers, and you have the Lakers. And it's always felt like it's been the Knicks and the Nets, but you wonder if any of these franchises can overcome that stigma. And if you looked at any of them, I would say the Nets have the biggest potential to overcome that title and to really become the main attraction yeah. and really put the Knicks by the wayside. I mean, they have, it's just, it's Brooklyn's a trendy little borough. It's becoming yeah. cooler. Like it just, it seems, and if they win, if they were able to win, that obviously is what does it. And some of these other teams have been able to do it and still haven't been overcome that, but it doesn't feel like the Knicks, it's the, the cachet, the reputation, all of it. They're hang on to it by a thread. Right. And it feels like the Nets could snatch it from their hands. Yeah. See the, so when I put in 2006, I think it was right. The Clippers were a better team than the Lakers. Right. Um, the Lakers still had Kobe though. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. like, it, it, like, let's say the Clippers had beaten us and had won a championship that year. You know, you might have got more fans on that Clippers bandwagon, but Kobe was always there. So like that, that paradigm was always going to probably shift back once Kobe got a player. Um, Brooklyn now has all the stars. So if they start winning, and they have to win though, Danny, this is what I'm saying with Brooklyn now. Like you have no chance of being the big brother in that relationship. Right. If you, if you, you have to win an NBA title, you have to win maybe multiple NBA titles within that window of time that you're going to have with them. Right. To take over any kind of cloud from the Knicks. The problem with the Knicks, and I would say it's not even a possibility if the Knicks had a bona fide star, because it might go over to Brooklyn for a few years. But it's always coming back to the Knicks. You right. know what I mean? Right. But without a star, I can't promise you that. Like, I don't know what that looks like for the Knicks going forward. Uh, so another, uh, team out there that's going to have a completely new look is the Golden State Warriors. So Clay Thompson, they get to quickly, we all thought that was going to happen, quickly gets the five year 190 max, uh, extension. The move that nobody saw coming. I'm talking there was, and all this, we've covered all the yeah. rumors ad not like all the way leading up, we've covered all the rumors. Nobody saw D'Angelo Russell, uh, going to the Golden State Warriors. He gets the four year 117 max contract. And also, uh, Andre Godala is moved to Memphis to clear up some of that space. So my question for this one was interesting to me. I, I love it. Like, I want to see a new look Warriors team. I'm kind of tired of seeing the same old, same old. But here they are once again. This is where Bob Myers, you have to give them credit. 
you know, they lose an all-star in Kevin Durant. I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell is the same caliber of player, but they're getting a pretty incredible all-star caliber player to fill a spot of need. Um, you don't sound like you don't like it. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I mean, it's okay. They got to do something. It's something to do. This I don't line up right here. Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Dynasty that the, over, bro. Dynasty over, but is this the shortest, smallest lineup you would have ever Dynasty seen, over. no matter who they mad to him? Dynasty over, dog. I'm telling you. Like, this is, like, they're going to be, they're going to be solid. And, and, and D'Angelo Russell is a really, really good young player. He's never really played with the star before. It's going to be interesting to see how they fit. You can make a case in, like, for either one that it is a good fit or that it's a bad fit. I don't know. I really don't. So you're just going to roll it out there and see what happens. Um, you lose Andre Iguodala also. He has been, aside from Draymond, he's been one of the backbones of what you've done there. In terms of, you know, I know the, the offensive workload is done by Steph and Clay, but you're talking about your character guy, your stand-up guy that's going to defend, you know, the toughest guy on the other team and do a lot of that dirty work. And when they're able to take Steph and Clay away at times, who chimes in with the big games, wins final and finals MVP? He has been you know, integral to their success there. When you start moving off of pieces like that, whether you have to or not, um, it like it changes out there. I, I'm the dynasty is they, they're got to rebuild that. It doesn't exist anymore in Golden State. It has to be rebuilt. And I think it says like something about. And we had we had this conversation about the medical staff in Golden State. I think this is telling, bro. I do. Like Iggy came out a couple weeks ago. Yep. So they screwed that. up a couple things. Talking about that, you, I went back and looked at some of the photos of of of, of the post Kevin Durant injury of, of Iggy helping him out of there. Like I, I really think there was there's some dissension there within that you know within that organization in terms of the players and the way they interact with that that medical staff, whether it's the doctors or their trainers or whatever. I think there's more to the story than than it's been let out. And if there's a lack of trust between their own players with their med, that's a big problem, but it's also going to be a problem trying to sign guys, get them to come there. If that becomes your reputation. Oh yeah, that gets I, out. If that's a real thing, if it's not me just talking bleep this morning, then yeah, you got a big problem. Uh, do you think the dynasty ended when Draymond Green called Kevin Durant a bleepity bleep for not committing to them? Because that feels like when it was done, he got suspended for that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, it just felt like Kevin Durant was never a long-term answer. It almost felt like he was there, like a hired assassin, which he did. Yeah. Got him a title. And then it just never felt like it was going to work long term for whatever reason. Who you can blame, whoever you want. I actually felt like it could. I thought it was, you know, I thought they had something good going there. Um, but to your your question about Draymond, I know it didn't help. Right. Like, you know, I don't know that that I don't know that Kevin. Now you Durant, can get past certain things and you can work together. Yeah. But like that long term relationship building type of thing that you would see on longer term dynasties. Right. That's not going to help. Correct. That's one of those. We said it at the time. I was like, that's one of those things when you're in a heated argument with someone, like, and and it's you, you've boiled over and you say something. There's no walking back. Like, people might, you know, you you might be able to coexist, but man, that's never going back in the bag. Like you you said that about me. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you don't get over those all the time. Uh, the reason I think the dynasty is going to end because you look around the Western Conference. Everybody's getting stronger, and the Warriors aren't going to have as much talent. Clay Thompson's going to miss a significant yeah. portion of that season, so. It just looks like it's going to be that much tougher to get there, which is great. Like, I think they, the NBA is setting up to be fa fascinating next year. Is this going to be crazy? I'm going to say it though. Golden State is in rebuild mode. Yeah. They, they are. And not, not in, not because they don't have talent. They got to start from scratch, but they have to rebuild that into a championship roster. It's not right now. And I'm excited to see. I actually, I'm excited to see the first half of next season when Clay Thompson isn't there mm -hmm. to see, to see what Steph Curry can do. 
And then granted, it's going to be a large part of D'Angelo Russell too, but I want to see Steph Curry carry a team. Right. You know, and then see how it goes. Cause yeah. I think he's underrated still as sure. good as he is. And let's see, let's see how it goes. Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to The Weekly Show with John Stewart on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Weeks. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Danny Canel, Rajah Bell, recapping all of free agency, which opened last night at 6 o'clock, and it's been a pretty good frenzy. Uh Yesterday afternoon, there, it's, it's that weird time. Only eight more Saturdays of college football. I cannot <laughs> wait. Yeah. I get kind of fired up for the free agency stuff, but I'm not, like, super nerdy about it. Like, some people are literally... Re- Refreshing their yeah, Twitter yeah, feed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who's going? Who's going? Like, I'll get it when I get it. I'm not that bad. But so I was watching an event on TV yesterday. We own free agency, right? We can say that. Like, oh, the NBA yeah. owns. For like, sure. It's not even close. Like, football, it's not even close. Football, yeah, because, baseball, it's not even close. Because even if there's a massive, I would say the times when Peyton Manning was up, remember they had the plane watching him run Brett Favre was on retirement watch, but that's, those aren't really. Like, isolated, NBA owns like, it. individual yeah, guys. Yeah, but maybe. the NBA owns yeah. it for sure. And it has been good. But yesterday I was watching TV. Shout out CBS. Mm-hmm. World's Strongest Man Competition. Er. Our own Jenny Dell was on the coverage. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Will Miller wife, too, who's a yeah. friend of the show. Uh, the dude that won might be the most massive person I've ever seen. It's the mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh, he won it? He won it. Oh. Uh, the dude Thor, uh, half Thor Julius Bjornsson. Oh, half Thor. Yeah, half Thor. He's, do you realize how big he is? And yeah. I don't think they've like 6'8? 6'9, 441 pounds. It's literally, I was watching it with You're my daughters. supposed to be the strongest Exactly. Man. It wasn't even fair. Like, right. he's just throwing stuff around like it was little two-pound weights. And the other guys are, like, trying to get it up yeah. there. I was telling my daughters, it's like David and Goliath from the Bible. Like, he, that is what Goliath looked like from the Bible. <laughs> like, for real. Right. The dude is a monster. Like, he is a literal giant. It was insane. And he got hurt and powered his way through. Half Thor is his name? Yeah, but they just call him Thor. Uh, yeah, that's his full name. Thor. I'll right. have to text that because I think they'll re-air it. I'm sure they re-air it, like, 50,000 times. Uh Moving on. NBA yeah. free agency. So, another surprise shocking move that a lot of people have uh looked at with a question mark including the teams involved because it's not official yet is jimmy butler so jimmy butler was supposed to be traded to the miami heat uh the sixers were involved the dallas mavericks involved in a sign and trade but there has been a little bit of a hiccup because of some of the players i have no idea how this happens you think you would iron this out in in the details but the Mavericks maintained that they agreed to uh, to join the Jimmy Butler sign and trade under the belief they were getting Kelly Olynyk and Derek Jones Jr. The Heat reportedly did not want to surrender Derek Jones Jr. and said they must trade Goran Dragic to make the cap math work. Math work. So somewhere there's a break in communication. How does this happen? Because like, I would assume you use names. You don't say that dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is weird to me. Usually it's like you're getting Col- Kelly Olynyk and then. You know, it breaks down because like you, you guys had two scenarios what the other piece could be. Like these are three, two different complete scenarios. You'd be getting two players in one, you'd be getting Goran Dragic in the other. I don't know how this, 
how you dropped the ball on this unless this was all getting funneled through, um, you know, the Sixers maybe and the Heat and and uh, Dallas were never really on the phone, which again would be a, a like a crazy right, thing a to lot happen. of assumptions right. you're making. Uh, I don't know how this happens. It's it's interesting though. Like uh, you know, a Philly, you know, Philly's. Well, this leads into the next segment, which is what Philly is doing now, which right. is more interesting to me. But they, like Jimmy Butler, I never saw the Heat as being an, an actual no. That was a, no, I would say that was the second biggest surprise of D'Angelo Russell going to the Golden State Warriors. It was Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Everybody's like, huh? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the Heat. Right. They're not going to be a playoff. Uh, you know, all of a sudden vault into the playoff contention, uh, much stronger than they were in the years past. And for Jimmy Butler, it's like, wait, I thought you wanted to win championships. Like, it's just confusing on all levels. It's conf- well, Jimmy Butler wanted to win championships, but he wanted he wanted to yeah, cash out bag too, <laughs> which I don't blame it's him. Fine, I'm straight with that. Yeah. Like it's good. Here's at the, at the risk of like not being able to walk around South Florida if anyone were to hear this. Um, Heat fans are funny to me. Like they are they, they are always close to a championship in their mind. Like there are not many fan bases that that can tell you that. Like even Knicks fans who are crazy. They know they're not winning a championship. If you walk around town and you're talking, they always think the Heat are like that close to a championship. I'm telling you, like they are. They're always like, "Oh, we could beat you know, you get us in at the at the eight seed. Like, why can't we beat Toronto?" You're like, "What are you talking about, man?" Even when Dwayne Wade was here, you weren't like last year. You weren't a viable like NBA championship team. Yet Miami Heat fans, for one reason or another, always think they're that close. Maybe that comes from Pat Riley. Who is never really going to tank and he's always fighting and it's their heat culture, so to speak. This is another, like, it's another one of those for me. Like, you're not that close. Jimmy Butler in and of himself, unless you've got, you know, flexibility to go after, you know, other pieces that you're targeting, which I don't know, but Jimmy Butler doesn't, doesn't get you over the hump. He doesn't make you viable. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a star, so to speak, but it's, it's a, it's a D two star. He's not. He's not your A lister, right? You know what I mean? Of course. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash the Heat because I'll make sure I can get in restaurants in South Beach if I ever want to. <laughs> You're not gonna be able to get down there. Uh, so that leaves the Sixers. Uh, yeah. So they have made some interesting moves. They bring in Al Horford, signs a four year, one hundred nine million dollars. Tobias Harris resigns a five year extension uh, for one hundred eighty million, uh, and they bring in Mike Scott, free agent, to a two year, nine point eight million dollar deal. This one is interesting on a personnel. How does he fit in with Joel Embiid? And Ben Simmons, as far as Al Horford, you're looking at. Yeah, he, you're huge. I mean, if you're talking about, it was, it was rumored also that they were going to get the kid from Tennessee, from, uh, that played at the University of Tennessee from Miami, Josh Richardson, right? Yes. Um, so you would be out there with Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, um, uh, um, you're just getting big. Al Horford, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. Like, that's a, in huge, a league that's getting smaller, that's right? That's a huge lineup. Like, I don't know how you, how you defend really. And then, like, I mean, I guess, I don't know, dude. And even Mike Scott's another 6'8 kind of wing player that that's not, like, great defensively. I don't know what you do to defend. And you lose J.J. Redick and some of your, your shooting and Jimmy Butler. Um, I want to know how they play Al Horford, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. Like, get the rest of them out of there. How do those three coexist? I, I would just be curious to hear what Coach Brown has in, in, play, in store. Like, I'm not saying it can't work, but you have to show me how you think – the three of them survived. Joel Embiid shooting way more threes than most people want him to shoot. Mm-hmm. Although the Sixers seem to encourage it. He's not really effective from out there. He's at his best when his back is to the basket. Al Horford is a space the floor type of big. Um, but, you know, and a good defender. But Ben Simmons can't shoot at all and won't shoot. 
So if anyone is near the basket, it's all clogged up. You know, you got two in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons that are going to have to operate in the paint. I just don't, I don't know what you're going for there. It does seem like they're going against a trend, right? If it's three and D, you go in smaller lineups, you're seeing that across the NBA. And for them to go with this massive well, look is just, it's different. Ideally, you, you can be big and long, but you have to be versatile and athletic and long. Like these are all big bodies that are long. They're not like, you know, um, you know, six, seven, six, eight long wingspan, like, you know, super, super versatile type of players, you know, there, there's some versatility, but most of them are bigger bodied bigs, you know, yep. and Simmons plays guard, Tobias is guard, but they don't guard guards like that. Right. Uh, you know, what's, uh, one of the moves that we knew was going to happen leading into it. And I think it's been interesting to see, cause I think you've seen Kemba Walker all of a sudden, I think he's going to be, you're going to see the most dramatic Q rating recognition, recognizability. Like he'll get the biggest jump out of anybody. Yeah. Like he's already was on Sports Center announcing. Like as soon as he was there, he already put out an article on the Players Tribune. Mm-hmm. Like he's already getting his, he's getting his name out there, yeah. which is good. And now he's going to be joining a team that's pretty good, or at least was really good a couple years ago. Now that they've cleared out Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker becomes the face of the Celtics. Which, again, we've talked a lot about this, but it does look like, hey, this team could be a contender in the East. I have. Thought about Kemba to the Celtics a lot over the last few days. And the more I think about it, the more I think it works. And I think he's the type of guy with his attitude and his chip on the shoulder style of play um, that is going to reignite what Boston had going there a couple years ago. I think they got away from that. Um, Kyrie is a great player. I don't know how happy he was to be in Boston. He seems like a guy that when he's happy off the court, he'll play better for you on the court. He'll be a better person in your locker room. It looked like he was miserable. You got a guy in Kemba that wants to be there. Um, he's electric with the ball. Also, he can score. He's tough as nails. That's what the, it's the way they played when they were winning. I think Gordon Hayward would be a lot better this second year off of injury. Um, Boston is going to be a, one of the favorites in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. Uh, one of the teams that has quietly not been making many moves, but they still feel like they're going to be right there. And in fact, I think the NBA, uh, the Las Vegas odds have the Lakers as the favorite to win the title. That's obviously a lot of money just coming in on the brand. Yep. And the Bucks are quietly right behind them at four to one odds to win the NBA title. They re-sign Chris Middleton. They bring back Brooke Lopez. Uh, so they're bringing back a lot of these pieces. Yeah. Robin cut, Lopez as well. Cut George Hill, but then re-signed him. Right. Right. I mean, but this team is going to have a lot of those focal pieces, including Giannis, who's coming off an MVP season, making a run. And you're without Toronto, most likely, uh, unless Kawhi Leonard goes back to Toronto, which is still a chance. But if Toronto's out of the picture, it looks like the Milwaukee should have another pretty Another smooth, not smooth. They'll have a path to the to absolutely. The NBA Finals. You, you can see it, yeah. Right? Like you just you have to execute it, but you can see it. Um, the Sixers would be the biggest, well, one of the biggest threats. Um, you know, if I had to rank them, if Kawhi left Toronto, I'd probably go Bucks, Sixers, and then Celtics. I know I just said the Celtics could be a favorite, but I had, you know, like there, there's still some things that have to show and prove there, like chemistry wise, because you're subtracting Al Horford from the equation. Uh, but the Bucks are kind of like we talked about with Houston. When everything else is around you is like shuffling and just try to stand pat. You guys were really close. You know, you could have made an argument that they kind of fell apart in the, in the West, I mean, the Eastern Conference finals. They were right there, should have won it up 2-0. You don't need a, a complete makeover. So while you weren't going to be able to sign everyone and you had to let Malcolm Brogdon go, that hurts. If you can keep all the other little pieces around Giannis that made sense, uh, and maybe target, you know, if you saw a need for a big like Robin Lopez in a, in a spot where you were soft, yes, you still have a path to the, to the NBA finals and, and you, or you, at least you have to believe that. So I'm looking around at everything unfold yesterday. And this is one of the scenarios I thought could hold up a lot of the 
NBA free agency. It hasn't. It's continued to move on. We were wrong on that. The Kawhi? Yeah. Yeah. Like, everybody else is moving. They're like, I'm taking the bag. I'm taking the money. I'm getting mine. But it feels like the Lakers and Clippers and Toronto are all sitting there saying, we want them. We're going to wait, and we're going to let a lot of stuff pass, and we're going to go all in. Um, The Lakers feel like the team – that everybody's kind of leading to some of these, you know, the rumors, people that are in the know. But I don't yeah. think you can tell with Kawhi. I really don't think anybody really knows. I don't. If they tell you they know, they're and they're not in his family. They're lying. Right. To you. right. you don't tell anybody anything. Um, the team that, like the team that ha- like can't afford to do this the most is the Lakers. And they're the team that needs it the most and the one they can't afford to do it the most. Because right. If you strike out on him, you have no roster. And if all the B, C, and D players in the NBA are taken and you're left with E's and F's, like that's not a good enough roster to really get you over the hump, even with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, you know, but obviously if you get him, if you hold tight and you get him, then any type of player you put around him that can go out there with a pulse, you got to consider yourself the favorites to win the NBA championship. So this is an interesting one because, you know, if they're left standing there without it, and then from the Clippers perspective, You've generated like all of this buzz. You've got this great culture. They've done such a great job, um, from ownership all the way through, you know, their, their management and, and just cultivating this work environment that by all accounts is one of the best in the NBA. If your big brother, the Lakers, who've been a train wreck as of late, steal your most prized, like coveted free agent, like at the last minute in the 24th hour, how are you left feeling as a franchise? <laughs> the same the same way you felt for the past 30 years. Like just as a little brother, right? right. Like as a stepchild. You're a stepchild. Yep. That's I, tough. I think see, I cannot, I really hope that Kawhi goes anywhere but the Lakers. Right. Because if he goes to the Clippers now, then it's then the West is insanely competitive. Yeah. It's insanely entertaining. If he stays in Toronto, I think it's okay. Like, obviously, it'd be bad for some ratings, but I don't really care about the ratings. I just want to see good. Like, I think it'd be good. The Eastern Conference would still be really competitive. Right. But if he goes to the Lakers, I don't know. So you're telling me if, they, so if it's him and nobody else, they're going to have a bunch of total scrubs, and we can actually use the word scrubs because they're not going to be able to afford role players. Who's that? The Lakers. The Lakers aren't going to – and they're all gone. Like all the guys that you right. would otherwise want to build around them with like $10 million, $12 million salaries, where are they now? I don't know where they are. And that's that's the – like so, th- I mean, I'm trying to tell myself, hey, it's okay if they go to the Lakers, it's not a done deal because it'll be – a because the depth will be so lacking. Well, if Kawhi goes to the Lakers – you think it's a wrap? If I go to the Lakers, you're going to pick up a bunch of minimum, like, vets. Like Carmelo. You're going to get, you're, you're going to get a lot of that, and it won't be as necessary. I mean, they'll have to have some live younger bodies, but you'll, you'll be able to find those. You wind up with three of those dudes. It really doesn't. I mean, it really doesn't matter. It's a wrap? Bro, you wind up with LeBron. You wind up with three of the top. Yeah, but LeBron's getting older. Three of the top ten players on the planet. Like, you yeah. like, this isn't even debatable. See, that's why I don't want it to happen. Right. I don't like super teams, man. I want to see, no, I hear I you. see competitive Look, balance. I've kind of switched. Like, my thing is for Kawhi, if there's a way for you to get the type of money that, that, like, exists in other places in LA. Yeah. Why not? Right. Like, I mean, if it's ultimately about winning championships and making money. Right. And you can do both. There it is. <laughs> and living in LA, you got them all. I hear you. 
Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So yesterday is a great day for NBA players. They are getting paid. Uh, I can't even fathom some of the money that's going around. Like billions of dollars. It was was was, was two point nine. I think yeah. it was two point nine. Was Give spent. It away yesterday. It's that's a rough great. day for NFL players because yeah. they're all sitting there like, dang, I should have played that sport. Or they're like, why aren't we getting that much right. money? And you see them sometimes. They get out there and they'll tweet stuff about it. They are jealous. No, I mean I'm just that's telling you a fact, you, bro. Exactly. I'm just and the math doesn't work. You have right. fifty three men on a team as opposed to only what twelve thirteen. Yeah. Uh, on an NBA roster, so the math is quite different as well, but that doesn't matter because the guy still, it hurts just the same. Yeah, yeah. You see those kind of checks, uh, being written. Some guys had the opportunity for some of these checks and actually passed on them, uh, for two totally different reasons. So Nikola Miritich, uh, has declined, um, any offers and free agents decided to go back and sign with Barcelona in the Euro League. I think this is one where we underestimate, we never talk about the family relation dynamics yeah. or, personal issues or personal beliefs or just, just cultural like homesickness yeah. you know maybe you don't maybe you don't love it in the u.s which yeah. is hard for some of us to imagine sometimes maybe you just want to be closer to where you are from and be a, a multicultural society where people are speaking different languages yeah. and there's not an arrogance of hey you don't speak english i'm not knocking u.s i love u.s but it's just I not love, everybody feels that I way i love america yeah we I all love do. being american yeah i don't kneel for the flag on doing anything like that right. i am american through and through we can be obnoxious at times. Yes. We can be. And, and we give no, like, credence to the notion that a, a guy from Europe could come over here and not love it here. Right. That we just don't. Like, we're like, what don't you love? It's America. <laughs> like, they're, they're away from everything they know. Like, and they come over, you know, because the money's so good and we have the best league on the planet, but their leagues are really, really good too. And it's home. You know, I went to Spain. For a month, like when I, in between Philly and, and Dallas, I had signed with the, uh, Tau Ceramica, which was a, a good club in the ACB. Um, and I was there for a while and I, I was so miserable. Like it was just a huge adjustment. I didn't know anybody there. Everything was different. Like the, you know, the things that work for me electronically here that I had yep. taken with me were blowing up in their sockets over there. Like, you know what I mean? Because yes. the voltage was different. It was, there was nothing on the TV when I found myself sitting around late at night. Like everything was in Spanish. Like there was nothing to watch. And while, like, yeah, I know I was getting paid and people were like, oh, dude, Spain's great to visit. Right. It ain't, if it culturally, if you're not, you're not meant for that, it's not great to live there. And you know? some guys would. Like there have been plenty sure. of girls who come here and they establish families and they stay here forever. Right. Other guys don't. And same right. thing. Some guys go over to Europe and they never come back. That's true. It's just everybody has their own sure. deal. Yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how much. The money difference, because you were explaining to me that sometimes the EuroLeague teams will actually pay your taxes for you, yeah. which is a significant amount of money. Uh, so maybe the money isn't that much less either. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know what they're paying in Europe right. anymore, but you, you have to imagine also we talk about like factoring, factoring in endorsement deals and stuff for some of our, for some of our, our stars here. You know, European players, when they're back in European markets, you have to factor that in too, because there might be people, you know, uh, you know, supplementing that income, so to speak, for them uh, off the court. So another shocking uh surprise, no signing, taking his name off the market, was Darren Collison, who decided to retire and says, you know what, I'm 31, I'm yeah. good, I've had a nice career in the NBA, and the surprise, no Euro team, no anything else. He said he's going to focus on his faith and his family, uh devoting time to being a Jehovah's Witness, yeah. and go basically serve other people. I mean, it's... You, and again, this is unprecedented. I think for 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 basketball, for sure. Uh, I don't absolutely. I know football players will football shut players, it down a little younger now. Sure. Like you know, once you get the money in the bank, where yeah. you, and I'm not knocking Darren Collison by any means. Right, he's made a lot of money where you can be comfortable for the rest of your life. You yeah. don't have to do anything else. But he still passed on ten million dollars a year for you. You could have squeaked out another twenty easy and just been like, hey, at thirty, just sign at up, thirty-one, you know? yeah, exactly. You're yeah, still yeah. young, but. 
I think again, I think this is another, uh, like aspect of professional sports that people that never played don't really have a, a grasp of. Some guys don't love it. That's true. You know, like it seems like work. Like imagine, it's like so a lot of, a lot of people go into their work every day and like, I can't wait to be done with this or make yeah. a certain amount of money so I can retire. It's the same thing. Like guys lose their passion for the game. Yeah. They don't love going in the grind that body. It takes their toll. And so they're like, and if you find something else like Darren Collison did with this, yeah. you know, with his faith and he's saying, I want to go do this, then good for you. Too many. I've seen so many guys struggle with what do I do next? Right. And that is an ugly, existence for a lot of guys that drives them into depression sometimes suicide sure. if you have something that you want to do and you think it'll give you more fulfillment by all means do it because money is not the end-all be-all yeah correct and and we're so used to like because we grow up playing these sports is they def- they define you and it's hard for guys to figure out who they are outside of that sport. i was there for like, a long time yeah absolutely so i ran in i told you i just showed you the picture i ran into boris Diaw yesterday um down on lincoln road right we were hanging out and eating lunch and boris was walking to this to the apple store so you know i went in and it was funny i was talking to, i saw him and so i picked a couple out that were kind of behind him yeah and I just started talking straight junk about French people like, out loud to <laughs> yeah, them. And they were looking at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? But I was like, just play with me. And then Boris turned around. But anyway, we were talking <laughs> and he was, you know, I was asking him what he's doing and he, he does a lot of different stuff. Like he's, you know, a general manager of, of, of France basketball and, you know, he works with the club team there. But we talked about some other NBA guys who I was asking about and he was like, they don't, they don't do anything. Right. Some of them still train like they're playing professional basketball because that's what they know. Yep. Some of them don't train anymore and don't have much to do other than go sit at the park, take their kids to school. Like they haven't found anything else that, that, that brings them the same type of joy and the same type of fulfillment. And that, that's sad sometimes. So when you do find it, yeah, like Darren Collison, if you can, you know, find another passion, good for you, dude. I probably would have been there in a couple years. Yeah. But hey, if you want to go do it, go do it. I'm just messing with you. Uh, all right. So one of the other um, extensions that was signed that kind of flew into there, Dame Lillard, uh, got a Supermax extension from the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, they feel like they're – How much was that one? Uh, I don't even – oh, wait a second. It's He's getting 43, 47, 50, 54. Oh. Oh. He'll be the first $50 million player in NBA history. Damian Lillard, your That's first awesome. 50 – I'm not gagging. I'm not gagging, no, I'm not gagging just, at it for Damian Lillard because yes. he deserves it. It's I'm unbelievable. Just, it's remarkable. Is, like, whoa. It is. That is woe-type money that whoa. he's going to get there. Uh, it felt like the Portland Trailblazers were in a little bit of a spot this year where you're like, all right, is this max out? Is this the best you can get? Mm-hmm. Is Dame Willard the guy that can carry them at the next level, or are they going to have to put some other pieces around them that are better than what they've had the last No, I, I think Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum are two really nice pieces. I think you have to get the formula around them correct. Um, they are both top, I don't know, whatever in the league, top you know, 10% in their respective positions in the league. I, I, I have no doubt about that. One of the best backcourts in the NBA, hands down. You have to get the formula. You know, They're both relatively small guards. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, that can have its own challenges. So the rest of that team has to be constructed in a way, you know, to, to help those dudes ultimately get there. But their skill sets um, are pretty remarkable. So they're, they're fine. What bothers you more, like from a hurt perspective? Because I'll tell you what bothers me more. <laughs> I don't mind when Damian Lillard is one of the best players in the league. He's no, going to get this max deal. Absolutely. And this will show you my lack of NBA knowledge. But when I see a Thomas Sadoransky. Who? <laughs> Has been signed and traded to the Bulls, and he's going to get a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. Those, see, those ones hurt me. But those—that's when you realize, hey, the cap money—it's yeah. going to be spent. And yes, you're going to have the max and the super max guys, but there are a lot of guys that are role players, and I'm using that in a very nice way. Some of you might determine as scrubs, 
are going to get paid a lot of money. It was Thomas Adoransky, bro. Was He's the guard. He was the dude who was starting for the Wizards. He started for the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess when John Wall was out. We need to go. <laughs> so he we need to go to break, bro. Three years, $30 million. Did someone give me Thomas Sadoransky's statistical like background? Can I just get a little bit? I bet he's all right. He's got to be halfway decent. But it's like when uh, Della Vadova got his deal, and you're like, really? Those are tough. I remember right. sitting there. I, I don't ever Like, it's whatever. Well, that's um, what I would I would imagine for you. Like, for me, when I see backup quarterbacks making the money they're making now, those are the ones that hurt. Like, man, if I just could have squeezed out a few more years. And you get it. But I would imagine when you see dudes that are. I'll tell you like, the one that really got me. Real talk. And and I played with this guy in Utah. Um and he was, he's a good player. He just, he just signed again for like 20 more million. Um, he's, he's a good player, but when Damari Carroll, I was with the Cleveland Cavs and I, like, I, the money just kind of exploded. So we were sitting around and, you know, we were figuring out what we were going to do with, with Kevin Love trying to, you know, work that deal out. And J.R. Smith was coming up. And when Damari Carroll got four years, 60 million, mm. I was, I was hurt. It was the only one that really hurt me. It, it was the first and only one that hurt me because I just had to wrap my mind around how much money they were giving out to players that were in my category as a player. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, that one, that one was really interesting for me, but good for DeMar. DeMar is a good dude, good player, but that one was my introduction into the, like, the way this new, you know, NBA money had boomed and what a player similar to me would have, would, would be earning. Do you want to know my player? Is Chase Daniel, backup quarterback. He has made $34 million and he's only star. I don't even know. I don't, I don't think he started a game. He has not started a game yet. I know who he is. I know exactly who he is. Made $34 million, but he was making $7 million with the Philadelphia Eagles and good for him. I'm not hating on him. But I'm like, man, that could have been me. He yeah, just like hiding out on rosters. Yeah. Just great locker room, dude. That I was always, me. That I always, I know, I know, dude. but I always go back to this. There was some like player born in 1967. Yeah. That when, yeah, oh, that when, when I got I, my deal yep. was sitting there being <laughs> and crying to somebody like, can you believe they gave him four million dollars percent? There were all kind of old timers <laughs> looking at my deal saying, I can't believe they gave that kid that much right. money. Uh, trivia question. How much do you think Damian Lillard's going to make in his last year of his deal per game? How much money will he make per game? Oh, per game? Yeah. S- wait, wait, let me You're see. close. Uh, $675,000? Really close. $661,000 per game. Yeah. Last year. Good for him, man. Just don't sit out. Per game. I'll play a game for you. <laughs> right? <Even> I don't. <laughs> exactly. Welcome back. But look, I'm going to get this off my Yeah, chest. I love it because you're getting heated in we're here. We're going to bring Matthew Coca's ass in here. Yep. And we're going to get some of these arguments that we have with Matthew Coca exactly. on the air. I think we need to, too. Because somebody needs to put this kid in his place. But yeah, seriously. A young gun thinks he knows everything. He really does think out. he knows every, everything, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. That is our producer. For anybody who doesn't know, I once while I see him in that little box in the corner, if you're listening Boy, to Well, show podcast. your face. <laughs> yeah. We're talking there. NBA, and you guys didn't know the starting point guard for the Washington Wizards. What? The, the, the Washington Wizards don't deserve to have everyone on the roster known. They're terrible. But you should know that he is a, a, the starting point guard for the Wizards. No, you no, don't. That's your job to Tom have that Wall. in the rundown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Let's... It's not my fault. Danny can't read. <laughs> All right. Let's keep it moving. As Rajon <laughs> likes to say, Tom Brady, the one of the reasons I like Tom Brady yeah. and I root for him is he's because he's one of the last players that I played against. Yeah. yeah. And so I can still feel like I'm kind of current. A that was bit. my last start in the NFL was yeah. against him on Monday was Night really? Football. Yeah. All right. Uh, when I was on the Broncos. 
We got beat in the last second touchdown pass uh, by right. one Thomas Brady. We had him beat though. It wasn't my fault. Um, so he is also a father now and he does put his kids on Instagram every yeah. once in a while. He's on a little golf trip and, but this is something that I would say does not, that we do not have in common. Okay. I am super cautious. Watch what happens when Tom Brady tees off and forgets his kids are in the golf cart. It seems like it would happen to Raja. So here he is teeing off and listen after he hits. Boom. Nice swing. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so he obviously does like most people do on the golf course. Yeah, he's uh, a little like, probably hooked it over there and uh, into out of bounds somewhere, yeah. and he just gives a little bleepity bleep. Yeah, and how, his kids are out there. How old are his kids? They're like uh, eight, nine, like yeah. somewhere in that age, somewhere in that way. But I think everybody has their difference. I would have a feeling they would hear that on a Tuesday night when you're just Listen, when you're out of catch up or whatever. Go go into one of my son's rooms while they're playing Fortnite or Black Ops with their headphones on. Yep. And when they make a mistake or they get killed or something, and they know you're not around. Listen to what's coming out of those rooms. Right. Oh, right. They, they're, they're, they're putting you to shame. Yeah. They're making you blush. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Okay. My twelve-year-old plays with his uncle. Um, and they play black ops together, right? And yep. with some of like my uncle, uh, his uncle's work friends. And so he'll be like, yo, this is my nephew, man. You guys clean that up. Like, right. like, you know, he's 12. And inevitably, like at the end of the game, they'll be like, bro, your nephew needs to clean it up. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> talking about your guys. That's where I learned curse words was in a locker room. Yeah. Like when I used to go down to my dad to the Yankees clubhouse or the Dolphin, that's where I learned all the curse words. Right. You're going <laughs> to learn it sooner or later, and they are just words. I try not to do it. I'm a language. Uh, I, I I have. and I've, You are a language I, expert. No, but I know a lot of people don't subscribe to this, but I think word, like you say sticks and stones break your bones, but words are never hurt. They're just words. Yeah. And so like, you know. I, my, I, my daughters have asked me that because I don't curse around them. Right. And I tell them not to use the F word or whatever. And sometimes they're like, why? Yeah. And it is. And then when, when I try to explain it, I'm like, I don't know. It's just words. Yeah. But, you know, hey, we don't use them in our family. Something yeah, like no, that. But, it is, like, but eventually they're going to do whatever they want to yeah. do anyway. And You it is guys possible. offend me every show without cursing. So you guys are pretty good with words. I actually do pretty good <laughs> to navigate this show without without dropping <laughs> F-bombs because my daily life is a lot of like – yeah. I hear you. Do we have time for the bottle cap challenge? We got a minute left. Show, that show your boy Raja that. Yeah. Cause I think we had the beer chug challenge, which you never did. I, I, I did it. Oh, I did it. Oh, I did it. Oh, I did it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Are you going to put we'll that up? You got it. Next time. Yeah. <laughs>